Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by Igloo and Squarespace, and we'll tell you about those great companies a little later on in the show. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined, as I always am, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? How's it, how's it going in, in London, in the, in the great UK? It's going pretty well, buddy. How's it going yeah. in, in Italy? Uh, you know, I, we just had this crazy town celebration last night, and um, the weather is not nice, surprisingly. Hmm. And um, but it's going it's going quite, um, you know, it's 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 unpositive about the state of of Peterborough and Italy. Positive. In general. I'm pleased to hear that because I'm going yeah. to be in Italy. Yeah, I know. Next like in, like like in ten days. So you're coming to Italy, but you're not coming to visit me. You know, I'm coming to Italy. You could come and visit me. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Why is that not going to happen? Because, I mean, I'll be in Rome, which mm-hmm. is like the greatest city in the world. Right. And you should come to visit me. But I'll be in your country. You're going to be on vacation. Well, it, never wor- it doesn't work that way. You're on vacation and you just like have a tour of Italy. You, sh- you, should, you, should have, you should have like left a spot for me in your in your vacation like a teachy day there actually was going to be one mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. it was going to add like another 500 pounds onto our trip what's that in euros uh maybe it's like 10 euros i'm gonna find out because <laughs> it's this you know and then we'll see if you you would want to have paid this so you're not coming to see me for the money that's that that, that 630 is... euros wow you. Yeah, I'm probably not worth that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Mike. Oh, Federico. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Uh, we are here to talk not about you know your expenses or your vacation or my cost or uh, my value, my valuation. Um, mm-hmm. We're here to talk about video games. And I, and I know, Mike, that, that we we should start with uh, some bit of um, informative follow up. Yes. That you saved, that you received and saved, right? Uh, uh, listener Yannick uh, wrote in to us to tell us about the origin of s- the Slowpoke Reggae song. So let me, read, let, let me read from Yannick's email. Uh, the Japanese are fond of a kind of wordplay called Goro Owase. Hmm. Didn't get that right. Garawase. Garawase. Because of the nature of the language, numbers can be pronounced several different ways, and therefore it becomes easy to make puns out of numbers or dates. For example, many Konami games have a default high score that starts with the digits 573 because it's Konami. Oh, yeah, or like or like the developer uh, Suda51. His, his name is Goichi Suda and, and uh, 51 because Go means 5 and Ichi means 1. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the Pokemon company declared the 8th of October to be Yandon no Hi, or Slowpoke Day, a day in which everyone should laze around like a slowpoke. On the day they announced this, a page went up of a countdown to Slowpoke Day, and it was unclear what would come out of it. What did come out of it was a mini-site in commemoration of Slowpoke Day called Yadon Paradise. Featuring cute art, slowpoke-related facts, and most importantly, more info on the Mega Slowpoke Evolution coming in the new Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire games this fall. I still can't believe that slowpokes get an Omega Evolution. 
Um, Mike wondered if it was made for television. While it may certainly have aired on television uh, on that day, is because the 8th of, Oct- of October, or is it the 10th of August? 10th of August, sorry, um, was a Sunday, and there is a Pokemon morning show on TV Tokyo on Sunday mornings. It's part of a larger Slowpoke Day media campaign. This is amazing, you know, and uh, my question is, why is not every day Slowpoke Day? I mean, I guess it can be, depending on your general temperament. Yeah, I I want to laze around all day like Slowpoke. (laughs) I mean, you can be a Slowpoke and still have a mega evolution. (laughs) So, you see, that. I mean... and by the way, the games are looking amazing. I'm I'm considering getting the games just to... Because I I bought the Pokemon uh, Y not the X one, because I, I like the uh, the Y uh, cover box better. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I haven't played the game because I, I started, I played like two hours, and then it felt all kind of, you know, new to me, and, and, I, and I felt kind of dumb because I didn't know all these new rules and, you know, all these new kinds of Pokemon. And, yeah, but and you the, don't need to worry about that. Yeah, like, I don't have a kinship for the Pokemon like I used to, like because the, the original 150... Um, I knew so much about them and they stuck around for a while. And then over time, I've learned less and less about the new Pokemon. Like, But then there's this interesting thing where I get myself into the mindset, right, when I'm playing these games, is imagine, like, the character's probably not seen them all before. So, like, I use it as a chance to, like, I learn about them whilst I'm playing the game. Mm. Because you know, it's kind of like the trainer, you know? Yeah, that's not how I work because I... I need to know like everything about something that I'm playing or reading or writing. So I, I I don't know. I just felt stupid playing the new Pokemon because I didn't know anything about you know the new stuff and the new moves. And well, I'm so gonna, I, I'm gonna buy you a walkthrough guide like a month before the game comes out. Yeah, like like uh, the the one that you had. You know, um, you talked about you had a like a Pokemon book or something when you were a kid. What was that about, Mike? Well, I, I bought like uh, the Nintendo official magazine game yes, guide. Yes, yes, before read. the game, right? Yeah, because it was out yeah. before the game. So in my excitement, yeah. I bought it and kind of read it cover to cover. Yeah, and I was so I'm planning on getting the, the or either the Omega or Alpha remake uh, because it feels more comfortable for me because it's like I know what this is about and but also the there's the new graphics and the new mechanics. So it's like a, and I, I think clearly this is a a way to let old people, you know, to play new Pokemon games because they feel like they feel familiar, you know. That if I I get the the feeling that I know what I'm doing because I know the old Pokemon and I know the like the city names, and because new Pokemon games look amazing. I mean, uh, when I played those couple of hours, I I think it looks fantastic, and and I can and I can see myself, you know, wasting. Hundreds of hours in this game. It's just just that it feels, you know, like something new that I don't recognize. So maybe this new remake will will do the job for me. I can't wait. Yeah. I genuinely can't wait. I loved X and Y. Um, you got in. You got a new Omega or, or Alpha? Um, I, don't, I think I, I think Omega Ruby. You know, I think I might go Sapphire because I bought the original Ruby. Mm-hmm. So I might just go for Alpha Sapphire, just for the change. Mm-hmm. Can you hear my my dog's upset? 
I can. He he wished that I was getting Ruby too. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've said about the Pokemon. I wish they'd make re. I wish they would remake Red and Blue in this 3D style. Yeah, because they did the the uh, fire red and um, leaf green. What was that? Yeah, were, leaf green. Yeah, they yeah. were just the, the different. Just, they were just upgraded into color, right? That was that was it. Yeah. But no, I, there was like a, a remake for the GBA. Yeah. Yeah, but I just want to. Uh, I just, just want, want to experience the old games with all the, the the new stuff. So you're one of those guys that go uh, goes to see like uh, remakes of movies. If only if I really love it. like I, I only want this because I loved Red and Blue like so mm-hmm. much. Actually, I think I would like Yellow. Yeah, man. Yellow was was my first English Pokemon game. It's like the game that taught me basics of English. Because the yellow one was so great because Pikachu followed you around. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And the cartridge was yellow, you know, which was awesome. That Pikachu and, in the front. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting that game from uh, from my local um, uh, toy store in Viterbo, which didn't sell Vita games. Uh, but at one point during the explosion of the Pokemon uh, brand and toys, you know, they started getting games for the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. So um, I saw that there was a... There was like um like a section with um American games. So I asked them to to if, if it were possible to to get me the Pokemon Yellow game. And they did and, and it was amazing. And I was so happy to to play a game in English. So I didn't know much. Uh so I, I studied like really hard to, to, to learn English at Can you hear my talk still? Yeah, he's, he's very really upset. Ups- yeah, he's very upset. I'm sorry guys, it's just upset today. I don't know why. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it was the game was amazing, and I, and I and I remember that um that I was like seven or eight, and I, and I started using the excuse of uh, playing games with my parents because I needed to be better in school. Yeah, it's, I started. I started. You do that everywhere. You can only do that. You know, you you were able to get away with that because you could say you were learning English. I couldn't really get away with that. I don't think. Yeah, I. <laughs> You should have bought Italian games. I should have, although we didn't study <laughs> Italian at school. I don't know why you would ever want to know Italian, just besides, you know, for coming to Italy and pretending you're not a tourist, or talking to me, if you, if you want. But, I mean, you're not even visiting me, so I don't know why you would ever want to talk to me in Italian. Like doesn't to seem like you doesn't seem like you care about me so much. So. Ciao, Federico. Yeah, yeah, keep saying ciao. So our friend... <laughs> Zach Khan uh, on Twitter let let us know that um, this is a, a tweet that he sent in Federico that whilst uh, Mario Kart was um, primary, of course, until now had been primarily composed of just Mario characters, there was one other, at least one other instance where a non-Mario character has been in a Mario Kart game. Do you know? What that game is? Is the the the, is. the 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 one for the arcade uh, stuff uh, by Namco? So uh, Pac-Man, I guess. Good, good I ac- guess. Uh, I actually uh, I remember later that there was the because we brought this game up a couple of times on mm-hmm. on directional before and also on virtual, I guess. And then it's like one of those things that you remember, you knew, but you kind of forgot about them. And I, 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 when I saw the tweet, um, I remember the screenshots of Pac-Man in Mario Kart in one of my old 
uh, video game magazines. Uh, so yeah, that that was a that was a good piece of follow up by Zach Ken ninety four. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I'm just reading the username. Why are, why are you laughing? At? I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny that you went for the whole for the whole thing. Yes, I need to properly identify her. Well, if you were gonna properly identify him, you'd identify him by Zedcon ninety four. Okay, I'm so, I'm oh, sorry. You can you see? Yeah. Okay. You're part of, you seem to be in a good mood today. I knew you're in a in a grumpy mood, and that makes me. I'm not grumpy. I'm just high on caffeine. I'm so. tired. I think. I think <laughs> that mix is not is not serving you well. But also, I'm I'm happy to be here with our chat room. So and with you, of course. Even if you're not visiting me, which I'm going to bring the bring it up, you know, um, several times uh, throughout the week. Well, you know, I, I will maintain. Will, the will fact you that at least send me a postcard? Sure, <laughs> yeah. I can do that. <laughs> Thank you. I maintain the fact, and and I think that most people would side with me in this scenario that I'm coming to your country, uh, so therefore you should come and visit me. You know that I need to get a boat to visit you. You could fly. <laughs> you couldn't. You can fly too. I know you can. Uh, uh, I can fly. I can get on a plane. Yeah. I cannot fly on my own. You can fly from Rome to Palermo. I know you can do it, sir. So. I don't know. We have different views on this vacation policy, I think. I think so, too. So if you came to England... Okay. Would you... I, I wouldn't visit you. No, I'm no. principal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This no, I, I would come to visit you because... Um, because, uh, because I actually care about you, Mike. But if, but this is you you you're only helping to serve like because what I'm saying if you came, I would I would come from where I live to go to wherever you were in England and come and visit you. Mm. But, so when as I come to Italy, I think you should. No, I guess the reason is that if I if, when I I will eventually visit your country, of course I will visit London. So of course I will visit you. And I understand that you're coming to Italy, but you don't care about visiting Viterbo because there isn't much to see. So it, it makes sense, you know. I understand. I just, I just wanna, I just wanna, you know, uh, annoy you. It doesn't annoy me. It does make me sad that I won't see you there. But mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you can send me a postcard and buy me like some. Uh, they have awesome food in Sicily, so yeah. Um, you could, you could, like. Ship me a pair of cannoli, that kind of stuff. What do you think of the coffee? Uh, I actually prefer the coffee in Naples, I think. Right. Because it's like really, really famous there. And, but, you know, I don't think you can ship coffee anyway. No, I'm just I mean, wondering, you, like, is it good for you? Do you recommend me to have it? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you're nearly, you should have the coffee. <laughs> That's, off. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, you know, if I had to choose in any area of Italy, where's the best coffee? I would say Naples. But I mean, coming to Italy anyway, so you you must like live on espresso for a week. I am gonna drink espresso actually. Please don't, don't die in Italy, Mike. I don't usually drink espresso, mm. um, but I will drink. I'm going to drink espresso mm -hmm. because you you love I'll it take, so much. So. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. I mean, don't overdo it. Anyhow. Yes. So after this talk about, you know, uh, Slowpoke and, 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 and Pac-Man and... Italy. Italy. 
<laughs> let me let me thank our first sponsor and then let's talk about the 3DS. Yes. So this episode of Virtual is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Igloo is built with you in mind. They have super easy-to-use apps like shared calendars, file sharing, Twitter-like microblogs built right in, and so much more. These are all integrated lovingly into Igloo's platform, and they're super simple to set up, configure, and make just exactly how you want. Everything that you need of Igloo is built right in, and everything is social. So this means that when you upload a file, uh, maybe you write a blog post in Igloo, or you upload some images or something like that, your team can share it around, they can comment on it, rate it, and like it. This is just like the social apps that you're used to using every single day. Tasks is the latest app to be integrated into Igloo's intranet platform. You can manage all the tasks associated with your content, like um, let's say one of the images that you've updated, you need somebody else to add like some sort of blur to it or something. You can assign that task to someone all within Igloo and it's all like associated to the content that you upload as well. So it makes it a really easy way to collaborate on a document or something like that or to send something over to somebody else, send on to a client. It's a really interesting way of managing tasks that Igloo have, have built into their new into their new update. And this has just been made available to all current Igloo customers with their unicorn release. Igloo's task management is designed for people. So you can manage your projects, personal to-dos, and everything in between in one unified view all inside your intranet. If your company has a legacy intranet built on SharePoint or old portal technology, you should be giving Igloo a try. Or if you just want to be more connected, more social, and more productive in your workplace, then Igloo is for you. Igloo is free to use with up to 10 people, and you can sign up today at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Show your support to them and us by going to igloosoftware.com slash virtual. So, Federico, what happened this week in Nintendo World? They announced their new 3DS model in two versions. For the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL. Isn't it and called the LL? LL, I'm sorry. Yes, it's yeah. basically the larger model. And um, it is actually called new 3DS, much like Apple called the iPad 3 the new iPad. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the name as well. And the short version is that um, it's a larger screens, uh, better 3D quality. You can you can enjoy the 3D effect for from uh, multiple angles. Um, there's a faster CPU inside, so you can get um, faster downloads and higher performance. There's a micro SD card support. There's a NFC built-in, so you can use the Amiibo toys and other NFC uh, hardware, I guess, if it will come eventually on the 3DS without buying an, a separate accessory. There's new buttons, the um, new triggers, and the buttons have been redesigned. Uh, the, the new 3DS has a SNES-style uh, uh, buttons on the front, and uh, the new 3DS LL uh, doesn't have um, the new, uh, the old um, colored uh, style. There's a new analog uh, little thing, like a little stick um, on the device that you can use to move the camera. And then, according to Nintendo, it's a, it's a, it's the same idea of the old C stick on the Nintendo GameCube's controller. And um, there's a bunch of new software stuff, 
for instance, you can, um, there's a new parental filter built into the 3DS console that you uh, need to deactivate by paying a small fee. And according to Nintendo, it's, it's been you know, built into the pre-installed on the console to prevent uh, children from visiting harmful websites. And there's going to be um, at least one exclusive game um, only for new 3DS um, versions of the console. And that game will be a remake of uh, Xenoblade, uh, an RPG for the Nintendo Wii. And of course, Nintendo officialized the price for the Amiibo toys. They're going to cost you $13 each, and they look amazing. And I believe I also saw the official price for the UK, but I cannot remember the price for the UK, Mike. And there's going to be customization, a lot of customization for the, for the, for the device owners. You can customize the device itself with custom faceplates. There's going to be a lot of faceplates. You can choose, uh, you know, Mario faceplate or Peach or... Um, I saw one with, uh, I guess, Luigi or Yoshi. There's going to be a lot of amazing designs. You can customize the home screen. There's going to be themes and there's going to be a theme store. You can buy a custom design for the 3DS home screen with like a Legend of Zelda theme or a Mario theme or other games that serve as themes for your home screen. It is going to be region locked. Um, what else? Uh, there's been a lot of criticism, which we can talk about in a few minutes. And it's coming out this year in Japan. And I don't think it's coming out anywhere else this year. So Japan only this year. Next year, I think they officialized the American release. I didn't see a date for European or other parts of the world. Uh, I haven't release. seen any dates for anywhere. I mean, you may you may be right that they've officialized it for the US, but I've not seen it. So basically, this is a, a revision of the 3DS hardware, and it's got a new name. It's new 3DS. Uh, it's not called the 2DS or the 4DS or the 3DS++, whatever it's called, new 3DS. And I wanted to talk, Mike, about, like, why is Nintendo doing this? Um, and what's the strategy here? Because uh, from what I see, Nintendo is basically going to have uh, the 3DS, the 2DS and the new 3DS, which are all based kind of on the same hardware, you know, inside. Only the new 3DS is slightly faster, and only some, kind, some games are going to be exclusive to the new 3DS, but not all games. And, and I want to talk about the potential confusion for the consumer, and, you know, uh, because it feels from on the surface, it, it feels like the same marketing problem that Nintendo faced and is facing still with the Wii U. Um, it is definitely that. Before before we said it, there is one point that I wanted to make, which is just um, about what you were saying. And it's kind of dawned on me that Nintendo are trying to do more to get more money out of their current customers. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, just an observation. So like, Amiibo, and then the new. I know, I know, you have to be a new 3DS owner, but like the cases, you know, and the the themes for your your 3DS and stuff. It looks like they're trying to make more money out of the current customer, which is probably the right thing for them to do because they don't have enough customers, so they may as well try and get as much out of the ones that they've got. Uh, but it's just just an observation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good point because um. 
I think that true Nintendo fans are gonna are gonna get in their revised console anyway because they want to enjoy the you know the faster performances and and you know the exclusive games and uh, the custom faceplates are just something that Nintendo fans seem to love and it feels like a I'm because I'm torn because it feels like an operation to get more money out of current you know um, customers as you said but it also feels like getting newcomers a better option and that's my problem right because uh, I imagine myself being a parent in a in a in some kind of store to to buy a, a cheap console for my kids right and so I'm looking at at the shelves in in this store and I see there's a bunch of old uh, Nintendo 3DS boxes because you know you're not going into a Nintendo store where you're you know you, you you're you're looking at the latest models. You're going into some kind of Walmart or Best Buy or uh, you know we have we have this kind of uh, this chain in in Italy called um, Media World, and so you're looking in, you're going into these uh, these stores and you're gonna find old boxes of old consoles. And so, you're, of course, you're going to find an old, an original Nintendo 3DS, uh, the Nintendo 3DS XL, and the 2DS, and now the new 3DS. So you look at, at, at the console, and it says it's slightly faster, and uh, it's got better screens, but it runs all 3DS games, right? Because you, you want to tell customers, this new thing already runs all the 3DS games that you have. And so you're a parent and you want to save money because, you know, you have a bunch of kids and you want to, you know, you, you need to save money on games and consoles and that kind of stuff. So I think you're going to, your reasoning will be, okay, I can just buy the 3DS without spending money on the new 3DS. And then eventually a game that says, this is a game for the 3DS comes out and you cannot play the game on the new 3D, on the old 3DS because it's only for the new 3DS. So what is, what is Nintendo doing is, are they going to put a new, uh, some kind of badge on the, on, the, on the game boxes to say, this is a game just for the new 3DS, 3DS? Or are they going to put a little asterisk on the cover? Or is this going to be a problem at all? Is the old Nintendo 3DS going away? Uh, is Nintendo asking all kinds of stores around the world to pull the old consoles that they have? I mean, we've seen the problem with the Wii and the Wii U, and I personally know stories of people going into stuff like GameStop or, you know, even my local video game store asking for just the gamepad if they can buy the gamepad and use it with the Wii or if if they can kind of attach the Wii to the Wii U and if the Wii U is like an extension of the Wii. And so there's definitely a problem, you know, with this kind of naming. And the difference between Apple doing the new iPad thing with, you know, marketing and Nintendo doing the new 3DS thing is that, is that Apple as a store, as a chain of stores around the world, like 400 premium Apple retail stores. And of course, a, a network of Apple resellers, and they have a huge, huge online store so they can afford, I guess, to direct direct customers to the latest device and say, this is called, this is not called the new, uh, the iPad 3, but this is the new iPad and you should get this one because they, you know, they can explain with the specs and everything. So Nintendo has the website, right? And Nintendo has some official Nintendo stores around the world, 
but it's not the same kind of retail presence that Apple has to communicate with to customers directly what they're doing. So it seems to me potentially dangerous to just name a console new 3DS and just hope that people will figure it out on their own. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, and 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 we 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 see them. We've seen them in the past try and find ways to communicate. Um, like to existing customers are putting messages on the Wii and stuff like that and that didn't work out very well for them and and I get that and I, and I think they don't necessarily have the world's media like focused on them as much you mm-hmm. know yeah um, they have like just the games press which is, is different um, and I think as well like it just doesn't necessarily uh, get into the minds of consumers as much, you know, what what Nintendo doing with the 3DS. So you're saying that people just see new 3DS and they're like, oh, I'm gonna get the new 3DS because it's better. I think that I think that in the games uh, market, especially when you have parents or maybe even young parents buying uh, consoles for for a kid, they want to save money. I mean, I, I would want to save money. In, in that situation. And uh, so I, I'm imagining uh, myself in the kind of scenario where I'm buying an object that I don't know much about, right? Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy, I don't know, what is it, but some kind of, a, some kind of furniture, right? That, I, that I'm not an expert about. And I go into the store and I see this, you know, this closet and this other closet and they both... Uh, they they're both supposed to do the same thing, right? They're mm-hmm. both closets, and I'm not an expert about closets. And I just want to buy some furniture from a new house, and so they're kind of similar. There's the the one on the left that says, you know, this is a closet, this holds stuff, and the one on the right is the new closet. Uh, it's also a closet, but it, you know, it's got slightly better wood, and and you know, it's got a different handle. And I just don't care because I just want a closet, you know. And so I'm gonna buy the one on the left. That's the way that I imagine people who don't know about games buying game consoles for the kids. Yeah, I feel like that that is a a, a different like a, a different thing to maybe the technology market is that lots of games consoles are bought by parents for children. Um, so I, I yeah I can see that that it makes it different in that regard. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, do you think this is a good thing? For Nintendo in general? The console looks great itself. The console, I mean, I, I love the console, the, the new console. Yeah, I really want one. And I'm especially intrigued by the speculation. Uh, I saw an article on uh, Vooks.net. Uh, it's one of my new favorite websites to read uh, about video games these days. It's an Australian website. I love people in Australia. It seems like a cool country where people just, you know, just, they're cool, you know? So anyway, um, I was reading this article about and uh, about the new uh, CPU in the in the new 3DS, and, and it actually makes sense because the author argues that um, we talked about this before as well because of um, you know the, the limitations of the hardware of the original 3DS, uh, it cannot play uh, SNES and, and GBA games reliably because the CPU couldn't do the perfect emulation. Um, to render those games, you know, natively and correctly on screen. And that was the reason why uh, the SNES and GBA games were not available on the 3DS. They're only available for the Wii U because it has a faster processor. 
So the article said that because the new 3DS has a new uh, new CPU, um, Nintendo hasn't said anything about this yet, but it would make sense to finally enable uh, the Virtual Console for the SNES and GBA on the new 3DS only. Which would also suggest if Nintendo is really doing this, uh, does it mean that Nintendo is doing finally uh, better account management and purchase management options? Uh, so you buy once and you can install and enjoy everywhere. And I think that would make sense, you know, with, with a unified virtual console so you can buy any game and play it on any device, it would make sense, you know, to have a unified backup, restore all your previous purchases on any device just with your Nintendo uh, Nintendo uh, account. And this is just speculation at this point, but, you know, Nintendo needs to get better at this kind of stuff because as we are going to discuss in, in a few minutes in the other topic that I wanted to talk about, uh, mobile consoles, uh, tablets and phones, they are years ahead of Nintendo uh, when it comes to managing your purchases and, you know, downloads. Um, about the console, I mean, uh, I I do think it's it's a nice looking piece of hardware and, I, and I'm really considering getting one next year. Um, even even though I actually get a get a, a, a 3ds XL, me like uh, a couple of months ago. So, uh, but anyway, it looks nice. The buttons with the SNES style are fantastic, and I like the customization stuff. And and it seems like everybody's doing customization these days because even Sony announced, you know, the custom PS Vita and PS4 home screens. Uh, yeah. This week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody's doing personalization. It seems to me that you reach one point, you know, in 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 hardware where uh, everybody basically does the same stuff, and the best way to the easiest way to differentiate is to allow users to customize their devices. That's the reason why uh, crazy smartphone cases are so popular right now because all the smartphones look look the same, you know, and so a case lets you lets you add a bit of personality. And also, I guess it's it's a way for Nintendo, you know, with the custom faceplates and and custom home screens to make some money easily. You know, that's basically free money. You know, why not try and do a worldwide release before the holiday season? That's a that's a good question. My guess would be supply chain problems. Yeah, but what hmm, what supply chain problems could they be having? Like uh, the three, the new three D screen, the new CPU. NFC, Nintendo doesn't have the kind of push right. okay, of Apple. Yeah. I forgot you know? about the NFC. I think that might be the key part. You know, because it's not like this is Apple going to to a, a Chinese uh, su- you know supplier and saying, okay, we need, uh, I don't know, 30 million of these in like um, three weeks. And they're like, okay, cool. This is Nintendo going there and they're like, well, we need maybe to, to have, you know, kind of 5 million of these in like Two months, and they're like, no, we don't care. We're gonna give you one <laughs> in a year. <laughs> this is the way that I imagine. You know, Ideas yeah, also as well, because even if it's equally impossible, you're more likely to want the Apple contract. So you'll you will find a way to do the impossible for the Apple contract because that's a guaranteed tens of millions. You know, that makes sense. Like you know if. If, if if Apple and Nintendo both come to you and they both want five million or something, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to do, you know, 
like sort of inverted commas impossible. You're more likely to do it for Apple because Apple's more likely to reorder. Yeah. So you'll find a way, you know, to do the impossible, as it were. But yeah. So um, to wrap up this section, um, the hardware looks nice. I'm intrigued by the NFC integration with Amiibo, uh, the Xenoblade remake. I think that the custom faceplates are going to be crazy awesome. I do worry a bit about, you know, a marketing communication problem because Nintendo did this before with Wii U. Is actually still facing the massive problems caused by the communication issues with the Wii U name. And I also worry about, a bit about fragmentation and, you know, uh, this game doesn't run on the old 3DS, but it says 3DS on the box. But it, actually, if you look closer, it, it says new 3DS. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, because we've seen that kind of problem in a different way uh, with apps and games on iOS and Android. And I worry that when it comes to physical games with a, uh, with a different kind of audience, you know, parents buying games for the kids because the kids are crying and they just want to you know make them happy they're just gonna buy a game and don't read the instructions or the asterisks on the cover i do worry that there's going to be maybe issues or maybe nintendo is gonna do you know different packages for the new 3ds games which uh, wouldn't make much sense because you're kind of making a statement out of this is a different console you need special games for it you know, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. It just feels um, the, the name is is just you know if they if they came out with a really really different name, like 3ds 2015 or I don't know, and like I don't. Know, it just feels a bit confusing. Probably because we haven't seen we haven't seen any word about the American releases or European releases. We don't know much about the exclusive games. And plus, I, I guess we're, everybody's a bit skeptical about Nintendo these days. So we're just afraid that they're going to do the same mistakes over and over and over. So I think the name is dumb. <laughs> That's a nice conclusion. Yeah, I do, it's, I, it's, 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 it's dumb. It's a dumb name. It is, it is dumb, yeah. I, I think it is dumb. And I think that not because I like Apple. I think that Apple, Google, or Amazon can pull this kind of stuff because they have the, the online and media and physical presence to do that. I don't think that Nintendo can afford to cause any further confusion because they already have a problem with the Wii U. I think it was equally dumb when Apple did it. Oh, yeah, it was dumb. It, it, it was dumb. It was super dumb. iPad 3 was just easier. Yeah. And But Apple can kind of remedy to that problem. I'm afraid that Nintendo doesn't have the same energy or resources to do that. I see what you mean about the retail presence earlier now. I think I misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah, because Apple has all those stores and they yeah, can just I see what you mean explain now. to customers. Yeah, I, 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 I thought you were saying about just the ability to get into retail in general and oh, like no. what it could do for sales. But now I know what you mean. Now yeah, the name. because yeah. they have their own people explaining to customers, exactly. like actual people saying these is the new No, don't get that iPad. one. This is the one you want. Yeah. 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 No, you. I. I. Hundred percent agree with you. I apologize. 
I kind of didn't understand and then went off on a different... I'm, I'm not upset. I'm not upset about this. Let's just keep talking about Italy if you want. Okay, so... No, no. Let's, <laughs> let's just skip to the next topic. Well, before we do that, let's take a break. Give you, give, some, give you some time to compose yourself. Let's talk about Squarespace. They are today's second sponsor, and they are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin or one word at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Squarespace truly care and really, really care. Honesty definitely care about design. From their fantastic, beautiful, responsive templates to their inbuilt Typekit and Google fonts. And even on the back end, when you're creating your site in Squarespace, they take just great care in overcrafting a good-looking and easy-to-use interface. For them, it's not all about just giving you the tools to make a great-looking website. They also want to make a great-looking service for you to use, even the stuff that your readers, listeners, viewers don't see. They take all this stuff seriously. They give you a WYSIWYG page building system allowing you to craft and make stylistic changes right in the web browser, right before your eyes. So you can see exactly how your pages are going to look to your visitors and all of the changes that you want to make before you press the publish button. But they also don't believe in boxing you in. You can try out any of their templates at any time and you can either be even be working on multiple templates at once so you can apply your new design when you're ready. But you can also inject, inject custom CSS so you can tinker with the templates to make it look exactly how you want and you have full code control with all templates being exposed via Git so you can easily work with multiple people and roll back changes. But this is just one part of Squarespace's incredible system. They have rock-solid hosting, mobile apps which allow you to post to your site, manage comments and view stats on the go, and they have built-in statistics as well, built into the Squarespace platform. They have custom domains, commerce, so you can sell things online. Every Squarespace site can enable Squarespace commerce store. And this all comes with 24-7 support, and they have teams in New York, Dublin, and Portland. Squarespace plans start at $8 a month and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. You can start a free trial with no credit card and you can start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code insert coin to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for virtual. That's insert coin or one word. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace. A better web starts with your website. So Federico. So Mike. What else is happening next week? Uh, there's an Apple event. Okay. You know, this little company who makes like uh, music players and uh, I think USB cables. Personal and media players. Personal media players and, and cables and I think a television. They're having some kind of announcement. So I do guess you think that. Apple are going to get into video gaming? Is that why you wanted to bring up, bring this up today? No, no, I'm I'm joking. I'm they're getting into watches, so you know, strange things happening in the happening in the Apple world. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, I wanted to talk about video games, and I wanted to talk about specifically the iPad, but not just the iPad because there's also all kinds of games for the iPhone. I wanted to talk about, um, you know, we 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 briefly discussed this new Nintendo uh, 3DS. And so I wanted kind of to catch up on the state of mobile gaming and, you know, the, the problems that you and me 
you know, the, the, the we see with the App Store, and you also tried Android for a, a portion of your life. So you're Android familiar with gaming is a sorry state of affairs. Okay, let me let me finish the intro, yeah. then you can sorry. talk about. It. Sorry, you're apologizing a lot today, Mike. Because uh, I'm genuinely uh, sorry. Yeah, because you feel guilty about the occasion, and you know, I I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening. That's what's happening. <laughs> so, um, you know, the the kind of problems that we see with the with the with the apps around mobile games, and uh, I I wanted to see kind of compare. You know, we've seen this Nintendo new 3ds, uh, what they're doing. Uh, we know what Sony is doing with the PS Vita, uh, kind of turning the device from a PlayStation only first party portable games into some you know some kind of new indie game machine which it, which is awesome but also a, a clear shift from the initial from the initial strategy and and of course uh, we are familiar you know with the App Store and with the iPad and the iPhone and so kind of compare the two experiences so I wanted to start by uh, making an example. And that example would be the new um, mobile conversion of uh, the original Bioshock, which has come to iOS. And it's available on the App Store for uh, what they call a premium price, because $15 is a premium price on the App Store. And this um, mobile version has, um, has different graphics in that they the developers needed to turn down uh, many graphical effects and they needed to drunk, downgrade basically the quality of textures and other uh, effects that contribute to the to you know building the atmosphere in the game and they needed to do this because of i assume not necessarily hardware problems but i guess because of uh, size so delivery limitations oh, okay. on the app store right they yeah. needed to have a lighter game because the app store app store games cannot go i guess over two gigs is that true i didn't know that uh, i think so there's a there is a, a size limitation for downloads on the app store and i mean we have seen the demos of uh, you know uh, the, the the latest apple cpu with 64 bit and we have seen uh the kind of Power that developers are gonna have with Metal, uh, a new a new API, a new technology in iOS eight. Uh, so I don't think the problem is hardware because we can, in theory, we should be capable of having great looking mobile experiences. Uh, you see, the problem is in this case uh, delivery on the App Store, and um, so I'm maybe wondering if, if maybe it's time for Apple to lift you know this kind of limitation and to. Uh, allow developers to, if I want to make a game that, you know, it's 10 gigabytes of game because it's a GTA game, real GTA game for, you know, your real new GTA game just for touch devices, I want to make that game. And what is what is the reason? Uh, what do you think, Mike? It's, it's the reason for Apple to, you know, uh, to keep a specific size as the, you know, maximum amount of uh, mm. software that you can sell. Uh, because in the old days, uh, the reasoning used to be, you're gonna use the app store on three G, so we don't want you, you know, to consume too much data. So we're gonna put these kind of limitations, and that's the reason that they set. Um, yeah, but 
that a storage problem, a storage limitation for all apps. And the reason why they didn't allow you to even download an app over 20 megabytes on 3G. And over time, they raised the 3G and eventually 4G uh, downloading uh, capabilities of you know iPhones and iPads. But it doesn't make much sense to me to keep a uh, to keep a, a restriction on on the overall size of a, of an app or a game. Maybe they just don't want apps over a certain size. I mean, let's say you had like a five gigabyte app. I mean, the phones in some instances exactly. are like sixteen gigabytes. Exactly. Yeah. You said what I wanted to to what I, what I wanted you to say. Right. Storage. It's just general storage limitations. Yeah. So uh, because you see on a, on a so if you have a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One, you're not gonna have a problem with a five gigabyte game because you have a hard disk and because you know you have plenty of space. And if you have a three DS you know, or a PS Vita, you're gonna have enough storage for most games, or you're gonna have a physical game, right? So there's no storage problem. Or you buy but, a new card. Or you buy a new card. See, yeah. you're not. You cannot buy a card for your phone. And you cannot buy a physical game for your phone or your tablet. And you you could buy a higher capacity iPad or iPhone or iPod Touch, but that's going to cost you a lot of money. So I'm guessing that Apple is keeping this, you know, uh, limitation because what if, what happens if I buy, you know, this 10 gig game and I can I can I need to delete all my photos and and stuff from my device. Uh, and that's probably one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that are holding developers back when it comes to shipping a real mobile-first uh, game. We've seen plenty of, you know, that's the other uh, question that I wanted to ask you. We've seen plenty of original iOS-first or Android-first uh, games made specifically for touch and multi-touch and these, all these new sensors that these devices have. But we haven't seen, at least not from my uh, old school video gaming perspective, we haven't seen the kind of anticipation that you see for GTA or Watch Dogs, even if I don't necessarily like those games so much. But you can feel the kind of anticipation, you know, in the in the gaming community when one of those games, those kinds of games uh, comes out. We haven't seen that kind of this is a huge, huge App Store game release. Right. In, there are in big, seven years. Yeah, there are big App Store games, but not on the same scale. Yeah. yeah. There's no Call of Duty level or Watch Dogs. I mean, in Italy, I saw the anticipation for Watch Dogs was crazy when, when I went into um, a GameStop a couple of times and everybody was asking about, you know, Watch Dogs and kids and parents and teenagers and people my age, everybody was curious about Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed. There's a mobile version of Assassin's Creed, right? There's a... But the, they always feel like the, you know, the the light version, like the fake version of the game that's made for the phones because the phones are less, you know, capable. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the kind of... I think that's not the kind of uh, idea that you want to, to, to offer to, you know, to, to bigger companies. Uh, and I kind of when when people say that Apple is not serious about you know about the gaming industry and getting into the video game business, I think these two a problem with downloads 
and the kind of perception that people have of mobile games is one of the two main problems. It seems weird when they do things like Metal, right, which should mm-hmm. be improving the graph. Well, it does improve the graphical performance, therefore pushing developers to make their games more graphically intensive. To then put these kind of caps on it because it can on- you can only push it so far. I guess is a problem. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean last year, right? With iOS seven, they announced the controller framework, and there was a lot of talk about you know this is Apple starting to reinvent. Um, how games are played on mobile devices. Turns out you need physical controls, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought was, it, huh? Yeah, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, this is clearly a sign from Apple. They're making a console or they're making an Apple-branded controller. They just want developers to experiment first. And we have, we've had a, he- a year to evaluate these controllers and, and they generally are awful. They cost a lot of money. Um, I know people who bought these controllers at Apple stores and they are not using it. They're, they're using it actually as an added value when selling their phones. Last night I talked to, to a new friend of mine and he told me that he's selling his iPhone 5S. Uh, and at one point he said, oh, you know, I'm going to throw in the controller too. It just doesn't care. He said, I bought this controller. I never use it. It's you know a piece of plastic. It's not as good as a PlayStation or Xbox controller. You can have the controller too. I was really excited about those because I wanted to play like Vice City on my iPad. But all of the reviews I saw basically said that all of them were bad. Yeah, and that they're bad and there's a couple of decent ones, but they still cost you a lot of money. And but, I, my understanding is part of that is Apple's license fee means yeah. that it pushes the prices up. Yeah. So and, they're a hundred uh, pounds. Like yeah, I was expect like the fact that that thing is more expensive than an Xbox controller or a PlayStation mm-hmm. controller, that's not right, I don't think. You know? I think that part of the reason is that Apple I mean, they made uh these uh spec for developers to, to follow, they made a framework. And even at the, uh, the last developers conference, they announced uh, a couple of additions to, to, to the game controller stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's something that they're taking on really, really seriously. So when people Someone's are Someone's talk- doing it. Like, you know, there's somebody inside of Apple that this means something to them. It's like one person in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a cubicle, I guess. Yeah. It's like thinking really, really hard about game controllers while Tim Cook is, you know, just hanging out with Dr. Dre and Eric Q. But anyway, um, I don't think that Apple is really serious about, at least from what they've shown so far, they haven't shown much commitment to the cause, um, which is another reason why. I'm skeptical, you know, about this this whole scenario of uh, iOS becoming the future of mobile of games in general. Uh, we see all these uh, regular discussions about um, mobile devices are eating uh, the market for traditional consoles, but when it comes to big game releases, when it comes to Destiny, when it comes to the new Mario, when it comes to the new GTA, Call of Duty, Watch Dogs, Titanfall, you don't get those kind of releases on mobile. And there, that's a reason. There's a reason for that. And 
but there's not a single reason, you know? It's a, it's a, a bunch of reasons. And another one that I wanted to talk about with you, Mike, have you ever played... So follow me because it's, this can be confusing. Have you ever played on your iPad? So you have an iPad, right? Mm-hmm. And you have an Apple TV. I don't have an Apple TV, but... So you don't yeah. have an Apple... You never had an Apple TV? No. Okay, so you never did this. So um, you can play uh, games, right, on your iPad and mirror them on your television screen using AirPlay, yeah. which is a wireless streaming technology from Apple, to the Apple TV. What you don't know, Mike, I think that you don't know this, is that developers of games can take advantage of... Sp- basically, you can, you can put a special interface. If your game is streamed to the Apple TV, you can show the actual game on the Apple TV, on the television, and you can put on a special mode and show controls on the device. Oh, I do know. I remember Real Racing did it. Bravo, Mike. Thank That's you. Root memory. <laughs> so... What's the problem there? Yeah, the problem is that this technology exists, right? In, in some form, it's available to developers. Um, and we did an article about this on Mike's stories uh, a while ago. Uh, the problem is that the, the technology for developers is super limited. And the, the, there's no flexibility in, in the way that you can, as a, as a developer, implement this kind of technology. And the reason why you haven't seen many games taking advantage of this, uh, I guess, is two reasons. One is that the Apple TV is not a mass uh, market. It's not a massive hit in the market. And the second one is that this API, this technology, is you know doesn't doesn't leave much room for experimentation or you know uh, control to developers. Also, I wanted to talk about Twitch. So as we've seen um, the you know the the rise of uh, streaming video games and uh, you know watching Twitch as some kind of new sports television, and of course the, the, they've been acquired by Amazon and on consoles, uh, Twitch is now integrated at a system level, right? Um, there's a not Twitch. on the Wii, right? I mean, yeah. When I when I say on consoles, I generally exclude. Uh, you know the Wii U implicitly. Yeah, I wasn't trying to catch you out. I was. I was no, no, no. I did. I yeah, yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a it's a good it's a good point to make. Uh, Nintendo isn't is a, is out from you know when I say consoles I mean the PS4 and 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 the Xbox. When I say Nintendo I mean Nintendo. Next gen. And right. yeah, so Twitch is now a feature, right? It has become a feature on on PlayStation and Xbox, and of course you cannot have that kind of integration on on an ipad right because uh i mean you could have that kind of integration if apple decided to partner with twitch which they they're not gonna do because it's an amazon product now it'd be like if kindle became the official pre-installed ebook app on the ipad instead of ibooks that'd be crazy so it'd be more likely for apple to do some kind of twitch-like service with game center the problem, oh, of course... Can you imagine how bad it would be? Yes, oh. you see, that's another problem that I'm talking about. Game Center is basically mostly a joke. I mean, not a joke in the way that I want to be offensive to people working on Game Center, but when compared to other solutions on other platforms, it's very, you know, they have a lot of work to do. 
but it would be more likely for a video streaming service to to appear as a game center feature than Twitch becoming an official service in iOS for all games. So the scenario is that a developer now, if they want to have Twitch streaming on iOS, they need to implement uh, a third-party SDK. So it means that they're gonna they have to add a bunch of code to their own apps, and it's not a system-level integration. So you gotta handle all the you know process yourself, and it's not as easy and you know as a nice basically as a as a Twitch on a on a, on a full home console. But also, I wanna you know to talk about the advantages of, you know, mobile uh, devices and, and games. And the first one that came to mind is that buying games on the App Store is just so easy that when you compare that to the kind of experience that you get on the on the, on the 3DS eShop or, you know, uh, Xbox Live Arcade or um, the PSN, clearly Apple's advantage when it comes to uh, you know, allowing customers to to easily purchase stuff digitally. It's it's pretty clear that Apple has a has an expertise that's different, you know, from these other guys. I mean, I can I can go to the App Store on my phone and buy a game with a, with my just my finger, literally using you know using Touch ID. I can just press my finger down the, the you know the sensor and and I buy a game. And instead, when I go to the eShop, I get this slow, clunky interface that asks me for a bunch of cons- confirmation steps and that, it, you know, it feels a bit childish in a way. And when I go to the, to the PSN, it's, it's a nice-looking store, but it's not as easy or, you know, as the App Store. So clearly the App Store model, when it comes to, you know, it's really one click away. And, it's, and I would compare that to Amazon. Uh, when it comes to easily buying stuff and getting stuff easily at the same time. And also with iOS 8, there's going to be family sharing, which is a feature that lets you uh, configure family members. And if a developer allows allows their app or game to be shared with the family, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to let your kids use your uh, App Store account. You don't need to create fake accounts for multiple you know, for multiple devices or multiple family members, you can just use your regular real accounts and turn on family sharing so everybody can get access to the same game or you can, you know, allow your kids to um, make a purchase on the App Store. You can review your permissions. So there's these two, and I was thinking about these differences, right? And, And I see that video... Console makers and old video game companies, they're they are good at, you know, making games in you know in the old way. They're good at they're good at, you know, previews and they're good at trailers and they're good at, you know, talking to the press and listening to gamers and listening to game makers. And they they are good at spo- you know, spotting new trends like Twitch or like multiplayer or like online chat and they're you know they know what people who play a lot want. But Apple is good at Apple and Google, I guess, and Amazon too, these new tech companies that are good at making it easy to uh, get games for the you know for the, these new digital uh, devices mm-hmm. and, and and age. And they're good at, you know, 
all these other system features like, you know, sharing a game with your family or, you know, streaming and a game to your television, even if there's a bit of limitations there. Uh, but they're good at this, all these other tech stuff. So there's this, like, tension, right, between what the Sony and others are, you know, and Microsoft and, you know, other uh, video game makers are doing and what Nintendo and what Apple and doing uh, and in, uh, Apple Nintendo and Google are doing. Um, so what's easy? I, I was thinking about this, right? So I'm wondering if if it's easier for for Apple to catch up on the console guys, or if the console guys can catch up on Apple and 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 redesign their you know the digital tools and technologies. And I don't think that there's a there's a single and simple answer to that. And I think there's going to be a separation uh, between these two experiences, uh, not for a long time, but for a while, because I don't see maybe Apple could you know could just you know throw a, a bunch of billions of dollars into well, we gotta make a serious console, or we gotta turn the iPhone into a serious console for developers. What do we need to make this happen? I just don't see them having the kind of interest or, you know, expertise historically about this. So my conclusion, this was all just a thought that I had. My conclusion is that maybe more people will play mobile games than ever. And maybe uh, console games are going to, you know, their sales numbers, they're going to be smaller because, you know, more people are playing on a smartphone or a tablet. But also I think that the gaming industry, the big releases that they have every couple of months, um, those are not going to be possible on mobile devices for a while. So for a while, they should be fine, right? But what happens after a while? Does Apple catch up on 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 what, you know, Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo are doing? Or those other guys... uh, Will they be able to, you know, to step up their offering and, you know, be more modern? I guess. And I do. My 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 personal opinion is that we're gonna stay the same for a while. Yeah, I can't. I, I I've been like rolling over in my head and thinking about each company or each type of company and the challenges they face and the challenges that are posed to both sets of companies. You know, Apple and or other smartphone manufacturers and games makers, the challenges that they face are the opposite challenges, but they're both oppositely equipped. Like the challenges that Apple would face to to get into creating a more de- a more a, a better games console, or the challenge that like Microsoft face to trying to get like the software stuff and the dev stuff down. To those companies, they're the same. They're they're as difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, like they they have it, opposite problems, but they have, as I think they would both have as hard a time to fix it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I keep thinking about this. I, I'm seeing the numbers. Right. There's a clear trend that mobile games are, you know, they're they're. You know that they're, they're selling more that than never, and people are stopping. To, you know they're not buying uh, portable consoles anymore. And but then you see the numbers for the PS4, and you're like, 
So people are still buying consoles, right? They still want to play games. What's the reason there? And there's no single explanation. I mean, you you could have a, your nice article on your blog and say consoles are dead, and uh, you're probably gonna get a lot of page views for that. Um, but that's not the case because I do think that there's a perception of mobile games. They're still the kind of games that are not real games, and I'm not saying that I believe that because there are awesome mobile games. It's just that when I talk to my friends, n- not the ones that I know on Twitter, like friends who don't follow blogs or tech news, they still see mobile games as the silly stuff, right? And when, you, when I ask them, so what have you been playing lately? They, they default to answering, I haven't played much Xbox lately. They don't say I haven't been playing many iPad games lately. And I guess there's a reason for that. And uh, there's a, a clear perception that mobile gaming still needs to, to grow up, not in terms of quality, but in terms of public eye and, and the general perception that people have. Hmm. But it's probably, if I, you know, at gunpoint, if I had to choose, is it easier for Apple to become a serious player, no pun intended, in the, in the gaming in- industry? Or is it easier for Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo to, you know, to, to have the kind of features and numbers and money that Apple has? I would probably pick Apple because they have a lot of money. And money buys you a lot of people. Yep. But then again, money doesn't buy you knowledge, you know? It doesn't buy you expertise. So I don't know. I, I probably die in that case because I wouldn't pick an answer. Yeah. Yeah, it would be an awful gunpoint for me in the, in, the, in that situation. Yeah, I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. So we, con- we are concluding this topic with, with no answer, which, which is a, a noble way, by the way, of ending a conversation because... You don't necessarily always need to have a single explanation or answer. It's, yeah. I, I think it's very noble to say, I don't know. Because I, I don't think there's a, there, I can pick a single, you know, Apple is going to fix it or Sony is going to have the numbers that Apple has. I should probably study to become an analyst. And then I would have an answer and I wouldn't die if I were asked to pick one. So You should be an analyst, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Are you coming to visit me? <laughs> Tell me what you've been playing, Mike. So uh, there was a piece of surprise news um, that Minecraft is now available on consoles. Like, yeah, not on the PS Vita. No. So we're, we're basically this came out yesterday. That I I follow a gr- a great. Um, PlayStation account like a called at Push Square. Um, mm-hmm. They're always really good for news and stuff. It's it's one of, it's one of my favorite uh, video game accounts. And um, they said that you know it said oh Minecraft's coming today, and it was like what? 
Yeah, it was like it was this surprise <laughs> news. They'd been working on it. They, apparently, there were some bugs that were holding the developers up. They finally got it ready, and it was coming today. Um, store refresh came. No word. Um, Microsoft tweeted that uh, Minecraft would be coming on Friday, so the four, uh, the fifth of September. Um, and then, yeah, the store updated, and no one was really sure what was happening. And then a few hours later, it appeared on the PlayStation Store because again they had some more, like some other problems, and, and they couldn't get it for refresh. But it, I don't think it was ever going to be a refresh, uh, an official refresh game anyway, because nobody from PlayStation was talking about it. Um, but yeah, so I downloaded it yesterday. Um, it's it's about twenty dollars. I think it was like thirteen pounds. Um, but it's for example in dollars it's 499 if you bought the game on 360 or PS3 um this is only downloaded downloadable by the way there are going to be package discs available before the holiday season um and also the PS Vita version is still on the way um and i think i think the PS Vita version is only i think we looked at this before is only cross save with the PlayStation 3 version I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember 100% why that is. So I've been playing some Minecraft today, Federico. Hmm. Um, there are some changes. So crafting isn't the same. That's the biggest change that I've seen so far. Um, so when I played on the on the PC, uh, well, on my Mac, you would, like crafting, So if you remember from when I gave you uh, Minecraft 101, um, mm. so you would basically, you would, amass different materials and you would play around with them to work out what you could then build next but in this version you can see everything and you choose what you want and then it just tells you what ingredients you need oh that's easier it's easier but not the same and it but i actually think i prefer it this way because then i can just work out what i need to get um so i spent the day today federico uh building my mountaintop lair um so one of the key things to do on the game is to try and I've found is to try and build your camp, as it were, in a high up place so it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. Um, although twice when playing today I got lost and died, uh, <laughs> could just couldn't find it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had that. Uh, dying is still really annoying. Um, Dying is always annoying. Dying is annoying in this game because you 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 know, you know you kind of then have to go and try and find what you dropped. Um, and as we found out from all of the great feedback that we received before, you only have a, a finite amount of time in which you can do that. Um, but I I know I'm going to get totally hooked again. I can feel it. I want to play it right now. Um, I'm I'm happy that Minecraft is back in my life. I cannot wait for it to come out on Vita so it can suck you in and never let you go. Because that's what's going to happen. And you have to play it because you resisted for too long. Yeah, I want to get it on the Vita, yeah. But I've been playing another game too. Tell me. I've been playing Velocity 2X, which came out. And it's free for PlayStation Plus members, which is amazing. So I have it it on the Vita, but I've been playing it on the PS4. So the reviews for this game have been resoundingly like 9 out of 10. And it's awesome. So I've seen a couple of comparisons between this game and Sonic. And I can see why. This game is all about like go fast. Like go fast and you're probably going to die but you keep going fast and make quick decisions. Like 
that that sort of the fun that fun old school kind of Sonic, right? You just got to get from here to there, get there as fast as you can, destroy the enemies, collect things, whether it be like uh, they they have what they call survivor pods when you're in a ship, or these little gems uh, when you're on foot, because there's two kind of different modes in the game, and it's kind of just like reckless abandon, like you're always trying to balance between going fast and being on the edge of danger like sometimes the screen will kind of catch up with you you know and crush you or you'll accidentally run into like a pit you know because mm. you but it's super fun i really enjoyed it much more than i enjoyed sonic actually i i, I kind of liked sonic um it was one of the things i didn't like about sonic was it was too fast for me but this game seems to do it in a way that i'm kind of happy with because plus you can kind of control the speed um there are like you can eat you kind of choose when to boost which pushes you at that speed limit you know so you can kind of control that the variation of being in the ship and that part of the game and then like the running around and the platforming levels i really like the variation of it but the interesting thing is there's a different type of gameplay styles but they feel the same like there's a lot of cohesion between the things that you're doing like running fast or boosting shooting either from the ship or like from the guns that you have they have like i can't remember what it's called now but let's call it like space dash i can't remember what they call it but it's the idea you can teleport from one point to another and that like it's just it's not far you can kind of teleport through walls basically or through barricades in the ship and that mechanic works and you kind of you you press square and you choose where you want to go and many of the controls are the same for this there are different um like artillery options on foot and in the ship which there are different controls for shooting which sometimes get me a bit confused um because the all of the other controls are the same but Typically, it's it's good, and uh, eventually you get to missions where you're some part of the mission you're in the ship, and some part of the mission you're on foot, and there's like an interplay between them, and that makes it really awesome because you're like jumping out, you got to go and find a switch inside of a building, you flick a switch and you run back out of the building, jump in the ship, and go through the gate that you've opened. Like it's just the music's amazing, the fan art is just sorry the the art. <laughs> I don't know how I call it fan art. <laughs> I wrote fantastic art in the document and I read fan art. The it's a fantastic art style. Um the I loved it. I loved that the main character is female. Um I just think that's a nice change. It's just Federico is such a good game. I haven't played it on the Vita, but I can't imagine why it wouldn't be incredible if not even better. And it's free for PlayStation Plus. Yeah. This yeah. is a reason to sign up for PlayStation Plus if you haven't, but I also got Joe Danger, which I've not played uh, yet, but I've played Joe Danger on my iPad and my iPhone before. It's a great game as well, by the way. And that's, that's free for PS Vita. Nice. This game, man, so it's just genuinely fantastic. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Yeah, hopefully next week, Mike. You need to find time for it, man. I'm telling you, it's great. Yeah, so I know. It looks fantastic. you got to go get it. So that's what I've been playing. I don't think you've really been playing anything this week, have you? I just try to survive. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's busy, busy, busy moment of the year. Well, I think Basically, everything that I cover comes out in the, in, you know, in, in, in a month. Yeah. So it's like 
you know, a year of work in condensed in 30 days. So, Where can people find that work, Federico? On maxstories.net. Federico is also at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on Twitter, and I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode of Virtual, go to relay.fm slash virtual slash three. Don't forget this show streams live. Go to relay.fm slash schedule to find out when that will be. The schedule's a little bit um, different over the next couple of weeks as I'm going to be traveling, so it's best to just go there and you can see it for yourself. We'll be back next week for another episode of Virtual. But until then, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. And stop.